Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. And a warm welcome to Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold. Uh, Boy, are we going to have fun in this first hour. You don't even know what you're uh, prepared for, but it's going to be really exciting. Uh, I've got three uh, ladies uh, from How to Life, Minnesota. That's going to be an exciting hour. You're going to hear some incredible testimonies of faith. I just got done chatting with them in studio, and we're going to play it. So let's take 60 seconds and get this thing started. Take the next step in making your dream of being a published writer a reality. Get your ticket for the 2020 Northwestern Christian Writers Conference, July 24th and 25th. The Northwestern Christian Writers Conference brings top Christian writers, publishers, and literary agents together for two days of learning and networking. Tickets are on sale now, and for the month of January, get 20% off the full ticket price. Find out more and register online today at NorthwesternChristianWritersConference.com. 2020 has special things in store. An election, the Olympics, a leap day. And that trip to Europe I've been asking for. Well, some of those things are certain. As you listen to Faith Radio and firmly plant yourself in the truth of God's Word, you'll find hope in the thing there's absolutely no doubt about. The character of God. Connecting Faith to Life. Faith Radio. Well, welcome. Nice to have everyone on board today. We have got uh, a studio filled with three spectacular women of faith. (laughs) Frankly, I could not be any more thrilled with what's going on this weekend, what they're a part of, and I can't wait to tell you about it, and I can't wait to meet all of them and let you hear their stories, their enthusiasm for spreading the gospel, and the difference they're making in the lives of so many. This event is called How to Life Minnesota. And I'll probably say a couple of things incorrectly, but they'll, I'm sure, correct me. <laughs> it's going to be at the Ames Center in Burnsville, Minnesota. So for those of you who are in the metro area of Minneapolis-St. Paul or in driving distance, this is something you're going to want to get in your car starting early, maybe tomorrow morning, and get over there because it's going to be a great event. So in the studio, I have uh, Lucy, Olivia, and Gabrielle. Welcome, ladies. You can so happy all, to be you here. can all say hi. Hi, thank you for having us. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. So uh, let's talk about first of all a how to life. What is that? Yeah, I would love to share. So how to life movement is a movement that began around five years ago by Jordan Whitmer. He started it in Harrison, Arkansas, and really the heartbeat behind how to life is for high schoolers to share with high schoolers about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we've just watched as the Lord has expanded this all throughout the states and throughout the country. We've had over 60 events in um, 19 states and five countries. And then our How to Life Minnesota event started last year 
Uh, and, and basically our desire is really just for the next generation to come to know Jesus. We heard a recent statistic that only 4% of Generation Z has a biblical worldview. And so our heart is for the 96% that don't know Jesus mm-hmm. and basically just reclaiming that truth in the next gen. And so it's it's exciting to see what the Lord's doing as young people rise up to tell our generation about Jesus. Yeah, I don't use the word hero very often, but I'm using it <laughs> one, two, three times today. I love it. Thanks. Yeah, because uh, that's where your heart is, isn't mm-hmm. it? It's a blessing, yeah, for now, sure. You were, uh, I think, just telling me of a previous event, the numbers that turned out and the numbers that made decisions for Christ. Uh, Lucy, you want to tell me those numbers? Yeah, yeah. so last year was our first event in Minnesota, um, and we had upwards of 750 students come and attend, um, and over 225 made a decision to <laughs> yeah. to follow Christ or to give up something in their life that was maybe preventing them um, from going full in for Jesus. And so we are excited and expectant for all that God is going to do and how he's going to blow those numbers um, just way out of proportion um, on Saturday. And we've also been just reminding ourselves that um, while we we love the numbers and it's a great way to tell how how things are going, we really are trying this year to not um, be defined by those numbers and to rejoice over the one and re- instead of the of ninety nine righteous. Yeah, let me just um, let me just do the math yeah. on this real quick. <laughs> Seven hundred came, two hundred twenty five made decisions for Christ. I think uh, carry the one. <laughs> That's a lot of people yeah, that yeah. came yeah. to faith. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So I want to hear all about what happens at these events because there must be. Uh, music, fun, speakers, prayer people. There must be all every, all that there. Yeah. So so basically, I mean, it's all that you just said. We have a worship team. Everything's completely student-led. So everyone on stage is under the age of 18. But we have a worship team that leads us in music. We have speakers that share their testimony. Um, and then we have someone that shares the gospel and gives an invitation for people to receive salvation. And this year, we're doing also a panel that, that'll be at the end of the event to basically hit four things of when you leave here tonight, we want you to know four things. And the first is that you would get in God's word, that you would be surrounded by truth. The second would be that you would be in prayer with the Father. The third, that you would get connected to a local church and to community. And the fourth would be that you would go tell someone about the decision you just made. And so we're we're super pumped about what God is going to do. And, and basically our I theme can't tell. For, this, for this event is just a very simple idea that the gospel changes everything. And so if we actually believe that the gospel changes everything, then how could we not tell everyone about it? And so that's our heartbeat, that we believe it. And so how could we not tell our friends about it if it really is a life or death situation? Mm -hmm. Olivia, did you fly in uh, to be here at this event? Yeah, I did. So I actually, I'm from Kansas City. I actually live there right now. I haven't lived there my whole life. Okay. I flew in last night just to come here. Yeah. Okay. Obviously, I have to ask the question. (laughs) What about your team on Sunday? (laughs) My team? Yeah. Oh, the Chiefs. The yeah. Chiefs, yeah. yeah. You got to be excited about that as well. <laughs> yeah, All right, yeah. change the subject right now, okay? <laughs> but you came in to witness this event and because yeah. you've got, uh, you're on the leadership team in Kansas City, is that right? Yeah, so I came here to experience the event, just be kind of surrounded um, in this leadership and fellowship, just to see how this event runs. Um, most of the people in my leadership group, I think actually all of them, they're all seniors. So next year, um, I'm praying about it and I'm planning to take over How to Life KC, um, and kind of like run it and uh, gain leadership team from there. So to come here and just like see how they play it out, um, to be surrounded by these leaders is just like a super important thing um, and kind of a staple for me if I um, want to run it. 
it's just, it's, I just think it's really beneficial. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Your parents and grandparents got to be really proud, aren't they? <laughs> Come on. They are. My, they? my mom, I feel like, is our number one cheerleader. She is. Mo. Yeah. Mo is her nickname. In this, in this whole yeah. thing. So Mo is loving this, isn't oh, she? Oh, yeah. She loves it. She's our, our major Facebook. <laughs> hey, Mom. Love hey, you. Hey, Mom. Yeah. Everyone loves you. <laughs> yes. 100%. Yeah. So I'm so curious. When the students show up, uh, what percentage are uh, come from a church background or or what connections to faith do they have? Maybe they just haven't come to make a personal commitment to Christ. Yeah, so um, we have really emphasized while we're using social media as a huge promotion because it's a tool, um, we've also really emphasized the the power of a personal invitation. And so we say you have a car and you have a passenger seat in your car, so think, who am I going to invite and bring along with me and grab and reach their hand and bring them on in? Um, and so we've been really... Uh, purposeful and intentional in making sure that the people we invite um, are maybe the people that one, don't get invited to things a lot, and two, um, maybe don't even know know the name of Jesus, don't know who he is. Um, and so we have a unique opportunity before us because there's a lot of students who um, I know last year came from a different faith background completely um, and were there um, without the support of their parents. And then we have students who are coming um, who know know the name of Jesus and maybe love Jesus, but don't fully understand um, the gravity of the cross mm. and the decision they yeah. made um, and what happened um, for their salvation, really. And so we are able to um, kind of cater this event to all of those different groups by making it approachable and welcoming and inviting um, and keeping things really simple, like the little things, like um, talking about Jesus and making sure that it's clear that that we believe Jesus is God um, and those little details that us as Christians don't really think twice about. And so it's really just about being intentional and inviting those people who aren't, aren't maybe ever um, stepping foot into a church. Yeah, especially, I mean, last year we had... Many Muslims come to our yeah. event, and this year we'll have many Jewish people. We have, you know, some people that are exchange students from China coming to our <laughs> event. So there's, there really is a lot of diversity and a lot of, of different backgrounds and faiths. And so to Lucy's point, our heart is to preach a very clear and a very simple gospel and nothing else. So in every part of our event, whether if it's the spoken word or the music or the testimonies or any of it, that we would just preach a clear and a simple mm. gospel. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things that, that we just take for granted that we need to simplify? Mm. Some some things that we assume mm. and people who walk in go, oh, I've never heard of that before. Mm. That's good. I mean, I think there's a lot of things. <laughs> I think... Um, we just had a, a, a pointing contest. <laughs> no, it good. looks like, Gabrielle, you won. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think my heart is like, there's a lot. I think the next generation, I always say we're a very passionate generation. And with that passion, there's few of our generation that are being rooted and grounded in biblical truth. And so I think what's happened in the church is we have a church that is preaching very relevant, very flashy, very exciting messages to attract the next generation. But the danger is that it's leading us away from the heart of God through the word of God. And so my heartbeat is that we would just preach the word again. And so that is like our vision is that we would literally just preach the word. Um, because I think in in Christian culture nowadays, we have platform Christianity and all these different things that I think have clouded the simple gospel because we add flashy words and instead of saying you're a sinner in need of grace we say you're broken and you know just we use different terminology and we stray away from the simple gospel of we are sinners in need of grace and Jesus has paid the punishment and so 
communicating a very simple gospel instead of it being this flashy, glorious, like attractive thing. Um, yeah, that's something that's my that heart. that we've like had to balance too as we plan this event. Is we know our generation is curious, and we know that we are seekers. And yeah. so, how do we balance um, the the petting zoo type? feel where we have a, a giveaway and we free have food. free food um, but also making sure that the attractiveness of the gospel is not hidden mm-hmm. um, or, or disguised and we don't feel like we need to be ashamed of it by adding all these things on because exactly. at the end of the day we really do believe that the gospel is enough um, and so it's just making that clear to to our classmates and to our friends yeah. and so even a distinction we made in this year's event is last year we noticed we had kept um, advertising the event as a, a night of hope and a night of um, freedom and all these different words that are true about the gospel. But this year we just straight up said the gospel changes everything because we didn't want to shy away from saying that the gospel will be preached. And and so that's our heart is like, man, I don't think we have to come up with all these flashy terms to make our event more attractive, mm-hmm. but just straight up say that the gospel is going to be preached and we want you to come because we believe that this could be a night that could change eternity for you. Mm-hmm. So tell me about what some of your peers are bringing in to the event what's what's on their hearts what are they mm. are they are they lonely are they mm. feeling uh, like they don't belong they're oh. you know they're feel stress anxiety mm. you know there's I, I hear so many scary things about your generation yeah. in terms of 100%. how unhappy people are and how you know um, disconnected they feel and I go wait you've got a phone in front of you mm. 12 14 hours a day how do you feel so alone and the truth is because you have a phone in front of you 12, 14 hours a day. Yeah, I would say there's there's two groups that I would identify that are going to come into our room on, on Saturday night. And, and I'll get the opportunity to preach the gospel, which will be so fun. But I <laughs> And in that, I'm going to kind of identify two groups. I think there's one group that are your typical like high schoolers that are anxious, depressed, lonely, tired, all the things they're seeking for approval in boys. They're seeking for approval in their grades and in performance and, um, and all those things. And, and there's sin that's obvious in front of them. I think that that will be a huge demographic, but then I think there's a whole group of people who think they're pretty all right and don't think that they're broken or in need of Jesus. And so I think there is kind of those two groups that will be present in, in any room of, man, we have the people on one hand who see their brokenness maybe, and they can recognize that they're tired, that they're anxious, that they're depressed, that um, they're lonely and all those things. And then there's a group of people that man, they might not see that. And I think that's where we have to preach a simple gospel of talking about Romans 1 and 3, that we have fallen short, that no one is good, no, not one. And and we do need a savior. But that, yeah, that's yeah. what I'd say. Yeah, I completely agree. Just like Abby said, we, we are a passionate generation. Generation Z um, has a lot of fire and it's just not always maybe directed um, and built on biblical truth. And so I think there's a lot of students coming in um, with this passion, but they don't know what to do with it. They don't know where to put it. So we put it in, in the things of this world that fall and fade away. And so it's really about about redirecting to, to firm foundations. And so there's a lot of students that, um, like you were saying, like lone- loneliness and depression and isolation um, as we're the most connected generation, yet also the most disconnected from each other. Um, and so it's just pointing back to what what does true community look like? How do we model that? How do we look to the early church to see that? And how can we use um, the Bible to really just ground us in that foundation? Yeah, I was thinking I, I wished I was as articulate as you are <laughs> at your age but I realize I'm not that articulate now at my age. So you're, you, you, you are awesome. 
<laughs> I'm not You're kidding. Awesome. You're incredible. No, no, no. We don't don't put that back on me. This is all about you, ladies. You guys are incredible. All right. Now, here's what I want to do. I want to take just a little break, and I need a little drink of water here as I have this here, and I'm going to take a little drink of water. And you guys have water, too. And then I want to come back after the break, and I want to talk uh, more about uh, how to life, which is an incredible movement that's going on, and it's going to be happening tomorrow night at the AIM Center in Burnsville, Minnesota. So for those of you in the Twin Cities area, and is there an age range? Can you, is there a cutoff? We usually say like 6th to 12th grade, okay. but it, it's aimed towards high schoolers. High schoolers primarily. Yes. Okay. But so, anyone can come. Yeah, we're, anyone we're not going to turn you away. Yeah. And what, would it be, would I feel strange if I came alone? Oh, come. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm not talking about me. <laughs> no, there's no way I'm coming. You can definitely come. But no. no, you can come alone. You can come with friends. We always say pack a car, but obviously yeah. anyone and everyone is welcome. Yeah, yeah, because there's going to be... Probably some people that will go, I'd like to go. I don't have anyone to go with, but will I feel comfortable walking in by myself? Oh, 100%. Yeah. We will have many, many people to greet you with lots of smiles and free Chick-fil-A. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> now, I might change my mind about coming. I didn't hear any of this until now. All right, let me take a little break. I've got a, a, a studio full of amazing women of faith. We're going to take a little break. Be right back. Back to the show. I'm so glad that I have in the studio Lucy, Olivia, and Gabrielle from How to Life, Minnesota. And the big event that's coming up is tomorrow night, Saturday, February 1st, at the AIM Center in Burnsville. For those of you in the Twin Cities area, you're going to want to get on over there. This is going to be uh, an incredible event. All right, here's a question that might that might be in the minds of parents that are listening. So, how uh, parents can help their teenagers or their kids? To go from their parents' faith, mm. okay, to making it real and personal for themselves. Yeah, that's great. I think the first thing I'll say is there's power in prayer. And my parents get asked a lot, like, what'd you do to have four <laughs> children who are passionately pursuing the Lord? And their response is always, we prayed a lot. And I would, I would, I remember nights where I'd walk into my mom's room and it would be three in the morning and she'd be on her, on her knees interceding for us as as her children and I and now we're walking in the fruit of her prayers and of my dad's prayers and so I'd say that they they prayed for us first and foremost but then also I'd say uh, we had parents that always grounded us back into truth and so we went to public school and we were in the world and and we saw the craziness and then we come home from school and they'd ask us what'd y'all learn or what were y'all taught today and if we were taught anything that wasn't um that didn't align with biblical truth they brought us back and and so I, I just think my parents did a really good job of always bringing us back to truth and then we watched as the way they modeled what it looked like to walk with Jesus and so if anything I think yes they were shepherding us in biblical truth but more than that we were watching the way they walked it out and so my dad we always say 
really exemplified who God the Father was to us, that he, you know, his whole thing was fear God, fear me, this idea that, like, (laughs) you are to obey me, to respect me, to fear me. And my mom really, really showed us what what the character of Jesus was like in that she was our advocate and our friend and our helper, all those things. And so I think we were able to see the Trinity clearly displayed in our family through the way that my parents walked. And so if anything, it wasn't just the words they said, but really the way that they walked obediently, Mm -hmm. that we could see their obedience. And we knew that it was producing righteousness and peace and joy and purpose, all those things. And so it started with prayer, but then by watching the way that they lived that we then followed. Anybody else want to add to that? Uh, I would just, so I, I uh, actually later in, I just haven't, I didn't always have the best relationship with my parents. Um, and it's not because of anything they did at all. And um, we just, bat heads, my mom and I, uh, we're both super stubborn. And so that's always been kind of a, a tension point. But I think the biggest thing is like when you show an interest um, in whatever it is that your child's doing, that pours into that relationship so much. And having those open communication lines. So like asking after a Wednesday night or like asking after a Sunday church, like what did you learn? What did you take away from that? Like let's talk about it together. Um, and just creating that space is a really helpful way uh, for students then to kind of sit and have to reflect and process about it. And so I think whenever my parents show an interest in something that I'm doing, that is when um, I just, I feel so seen and loved and appreciated. And so I think that's a great way to just pour into that, that relationship. I think I'm going to take a little break. And then when I do, I'm back with the ladies and we're going to talk more about how to life, which is coming up again, uh, tomorrow night at Burns in Burnsville, Minnesota. That'd be at the AIM center. And the best way for anyone to get info about that is there a website? I'm sure there is. Instagram. There's a website called howtolifemn.com okay. or our Instagram at howtolifemn. And if you have any questions, you can uh, DM the Instagram account and we'll respond really promptly with the really? answers. Yeah. 100. Lucy will. <laughs> That's my job. <laughs> okay, cool. All right. Uh, so we'll take a short break. Be right back. You're listening to the Faith Radio Network, your home for relevant Bible preaching and family-focused teaching. Join interactive talk programming on topics that matter. Our mission is to lead people to Christ and to nurture believers in their faith through Christ-centered media. We hope that you grow closer to God each day as you listen, because together we're growing in our faith. Faith Radio. Learn more at MyFaithRadio.com. How to Life MN is the website. You want to check that out if you want to let your students that you know in your life, the teenagers, to head on over there. That'd be the place to go, How to Life mn.com. It's going to be quite an event. There's uh, lots of fun uh, ahead in this uh, show. We're going to continue with the ladies and uh, we're going to hear some great testimonies of their own personal faith journey. So that's all ahead coming up. We're just going to take uh, another short break and when we come back, we're going to have Lucy, Olivia, and Gabs here in studio continuing their amazing uh, story. Be back in a minute. 
Welcome back to the show. Awfully glad to have in studio Lucy, Olivia, and Gabrielle. And uh, they are from How to Life. I want to go right back to How to Life. If you just joined uh, the show and you're just wondering what is How to Life, again, just um, Lucy, maybe just a quick uh, recap of that. Yeah, so How to Life is a movement that started about five years ago in Arkansas um, when Jordan Whitmer, the the grandson of Ron Hutchcraft, was really burdened. His heart was burdened um, uh, just by his generation and seeing the brokenness and the hurt and and the the confusion. And so he had an event at his high school five years ago um, that he put on to just share the gospel with his friends and his classmates. And so now it's evolved into over six countries and 19 states. Um, Here in Minnesota, we are having the second event um, uh, this year, tomorrow actually, at 7 p.m. at the Ames Center in Burnsville. Okay, that's just awesome. Now, I've got someone who's 16, someone who's 17, and someone who's 18 here <laughs> yes. in the studio. Yes. And uh, so I would love to hear from each of you, if you don't mind, um, and you don't have to feel any pressure to do this, but you, you are women that are saying, I'm drawing, I'm putting my flag in the ground for Jesus Christ. So I would love to hear how you came to that decision, how that was your faith story, if you don't mind. Point, point, point. I can go first. Okay, Lucy, Uh, you go first. Yes, I'll go. Um, So I grew up, I had the the wonderful opportunity to grow up in a Christian home um, where my parents took me to church every Sunday. Um, and I, I got really good at coloring the tunics on the coloring pages, <laughs> um, actually. And so that, that was kind of my claim to fame. Um, but when I got to middle school, I made a group of, I had a group of friends, um, and they were great friends as the world would define it. And we had so much fun and, um, we, yeah, it was a great group of friends, but along with that time and developmentally, um, I started to question things. And so I would question why the sky was blue, why the grass was green, why I had to clean my room. Oh, I look at that. Uh, even arrived. <laughs> But I really questioned everything. And so I started to to question, is God real? And and why will I place my faith in Jesus Christ? Because um, before I was just being spoon fed um, and I didn't really have any, any strong foundation or understanding as to why I believed what I believed. Um, and so over the course of my freshman year, I kind of went on what I call a little uh, expedition and journey. And I watched videos. I... Um, read books. I did research online. I called college professors actually um, at some Christian schools and I attended seminars at my church with a lot of older men. Um, And (laughs) and I had really, really powerful conversations. Um, But all of this was kind of happening um, a little in secret because I had made such a great uh, group of friends also from my church group. And so I felt shame and embarrassment to not not believe like everyone else had. So usually where we see our generation be a, be scared to proclaim that they're believers in Christ, I was scared to not be or scared to have those questions and doubts. So then um, at the end of my freshman year, I really had come to understand, like, I have the head knowledge. I believe that Jesus died, lived a life, died, and resurrected again. Um, I believe in the the power and the inerrancy of the Bible. Um, and so I thought I had it figured out. I had that head knowledge, and I thought I was set. Um, and then that summer going into 10th grade, I realized that gap from my head to my heart is about the hardest uh, 12 inches to, <laughs> to bridge. And so over that summer, I just had a moment and I don't know when it was. Um, I don't have that specific rock bottom, um, which also caused a lot of shame hearing stories of everyone having that moment when they knew when they cried out to God um, and they instantly knew something was different. And I didn't have that. 
Um, but at the end of that summer, I knew something was different. I had I had joy. Um, I had a purpose. I had peace. And I had the, the rest and the assurance that I didn't need to know everything. I, I love science and I love numbers and I love history. Um, but at the end of the day, those are great tools that God's given us. And I love to use my mind to worship God. And I love to use my mind to, to point students to God and to the Bible and to truth. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't want to worship a God that I fully understand. And so, uh, yeah, I came to realize that I don't know everything and I never will, but I get to put my trust in a God that does. And so... Yeah, that's my story. <laughs> it's fantastic. Dang. Yeah, that's so I can good. tell you're all <laughs> three like, terribly man. nervous that you know, and horribly afraid to be in front of the microphones. Uh, so you know, it's incredible. So good. Yeah, yeah, that's incredible, Lucy. I think my story is similar in some ways, but also very, very different. I grew up in a Christian home, like Lucy. I I always say, not your average Christian home. Like my parents were are above and beyond, and I have parents who really do fear the Lord and who love God and taught us from a very young age to not only love God, but to want to serve him faithfully. And so I have older siblings that love the Lord, serve the Lord. And all, all growing up, I, I did have this like pure love to understand God. And Mm -hmm. I, I had a desire to know Jesus and I was the second grader hosting Bible studies on the playground. (laughs) And, and I had a very simple, pure understanding of the gospel But in middle school, I would say, was the season where I had kind of this one foot stuck in the world, wanting to please people and and wanting to live for the approval of man. And then I had one foot stuck in the church world of like, man, I do love to listen to sermons and I love like to learn about God and I love going to church and all those things. And I was always stuck in this in between. And I remember in my eighth grade, it was uh, the fall of my eighth grade year, and my mom sat me down and she just said, Gabs, at what at some point you're going to have to choose which world to put both your feet in. And I was chewing on that idea for a really long time and, and wrestled with what that really meant. And it was in the middle of my eighth grade year in January that my parents sent me off to Africa <laughs> for, <laughs> for like three and a half weeks. I was oh 14 boy. years old. Yeah. They sent me off on a plane by myself to Africa and yeah, it was there that the Lord met me. And I think it was in a season where by um, by my reputation and by what I said and what I did, people thought I was all right. But I think deep inside there was a sin issue that it could only be mended by God. And it was subconscious. It wasn't, my sin was never right in front of people's face, but it was my pride and it was my anger and all these things that were eating away at my heart that I didn't even notice. And And so it was January 16th, in 2016 that I was on the red dirt of Uganda and the Lord met me there. And I, I was listening to a song called clear the stage (laughs) and just remember like the Lord's holiness meeting me there. And it was a very clear understanding of man, God, if I'm going to follow you, like I have to give everything to you. And it was this transition that I would define as I knew that Jesus was savior, but I wasn't ready for him to become Lord of my life because I knew that once he became Lord, that my life would have to follow. And so it was that day that I, I believe he, he, I understood the Jesus of the Bible, that he is both savior and also Lord. And so if we were to truly follow him, then he not only saves us from sin and from hell and from our ourselves, but he also becomes Lord of our life. And then our, our life follows in obedience. And so I left Africa and, um, yeah, I just remember everything changing from that moment on. 
kind of walked away from my friend group because they weren't um, they weren't following the Lord. And so I walked away from that friend group and entered into a very lonely season. But it was there that the Lord taught me what dependency looked like. And, and it was there that the Lord taught me what it looked like to actually pick up my cross and follow him. Like I, that was a concept that I never understood. Like, what does it actually mean for me to pick up my cross and follow him? And so it was in that season that he taught me what it looked like to wake up and to choose to abide and then to go to bed and choose to surrender that night and then wake up the next day and do the exact same thing and abide and surrender and abide and surrender. And so that's kind of what my walk's been like since then. And high school was a crazy and is a crazy thing. And being in a public school tested my dependency on Jesus a lot. Uh, But again, it was there that the Lord revealed to me the brokenness of the world and the need for us to preach the gospel because our generation is is dying to hear it. Fantastic. Yeah. And I think I just went from calling you Gabriel to Gabs. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I mean, come I on. You introduced yourself as Gabriel. Uh, yes. Gabriel, did, didn't you? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I love it. You're Gabs, Gabs now. is the best nickname. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so. <laughs> All right, Olivia. Yeah, so um, I grew up in Omaha, Nebraska, actually, and um, my parents were really close friends with um, these other parents, and they actually started a church. It was called Acts 2. And um, I went there for the first 10 years of my life, but their location moved off and on. So I grew up in the church, um, and then around age 10, 11, I moved to Wisconsin, where I technically say I'm from. I technically grew up there, um, 10 to 14. That's kind of a growing stage. But um, so I grew up there, and um, we went to another church, and it was kind of more of like a routine. Like when we were younger, we um, would sit at the dinner table. We would uh, pray before meals, pray before bed. We would kind of have like a Bible story time at night. Um, and then in middle school, it was more of like a chore um, as mm. for my family and for me. Um, and so we would go every Sunday and we would go and just kind of participate in everything and then go get food after and go home. And that was it. Um, and then um, around eighth, before eighth grade year, I moved to Kansas City, Missouri, where I currently live. And um, we started going to a church uh, and then we fell off from it. And so... Um, about three years ago when I was like 13, 13 and a half, um, we just stopped going to church completely. And that's when I kind of like fell out of, um, my faith. I still believed I didn't think that reading the Bible was important. I was just like, oh, this Bible verse is cute or this is nice. (laughs) Like, like a cute little verse to put on a, like a sticker or my Instagram bio or something. Um, and so then, um, my sophomore year, I actually, well, actually, the end of my freshman year, I started going to Hillsong, Kansas City, and um, I absolutely love that church. I've been going there ever since, and um, the fall of my um, sophomore year, I just kind of got, um, I got surrounded by the ways of the world, and I really just dug into friendships that were not beneficial to my faith or to my eternity. Um, All of my friends were, like, partying, or they um, were just, they were stealing. They were just so consumed with, um, themselves and what they wanted and their pride. And, um, and so I kind of fell into that and I was like, oh, maybe I should do this because they're my friends. Like I want to gain approval of them. Um, and so I was always tempted, um, from going side to side. Like I, I, do I want to please them or do I want to do what my heart wants? Because my heart at the time was so raw that I didn't know what I wanted, Um, and it was kind of like an identity crisis, like, oh, that looks fun. Like, I'm going to go do that. And then I would stop myself and be like, is that really me? Um, and so then actually about a year and a month ago, so the beginning of January, um, 2019, 
I really was like, okay, I need Jesus. Like, I don't know what my life has been the last seven months with all of these friends who are going out of control. Um, And so I started going to church and like actually um, digging in and um, wanting to know more. And um, that's when I started going to Bible studies. I started reading my Bible. And then I went to the How to Life International Retreat in Chicago. And that, oh my goodness, that was so amazing. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, the people there were just so encouraging and uplifting. And I could see like, this is like who I want to be. This is like what I want to do. And then from there, I started serving at my church. And um, for the next few months, I was in a huge stage of loneliness from about the end of January to the beginning of May, um, because I really took that bold step of faith. And so all of my friends um, who were just consumed with the world, they kind of fell away and like, who are you? Like, what are you doing? Like, why do you want to do this? And I, it was a kind of a struggle for me, um, a question of like, who really am I? Like, I want to be rooted in Christ. Um, but the ways of the world are still so tempting at that time. And um, so then I would just, I would kind of go back to back from my friend's um, who weren't beneficial for my faith to the few friends that I did have in How to Life in Kansas City. Um, and so from there, I um, I did gain a really group, a good group of community. I One of my best friends, Ella McMahon, she's the whole president of the How to Life Kansas City. She's amazing. The Ella McMahon? Yeah, Ella oh, McMahon. Oh, my goodness. She's incredible. <laughs> he doesn't know her. <laughs> I was, like, a little confused there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so she was, like, kind of my first step of community, um, and she showed me, um, like, how to walk with Christ. And she was kind of a role—she still is one of my role models. But um, And I just got so plugged into community who constantly remind me of who I am and that I am myself through Jesus. And it's just super cool to see how God can just play a role in my life and other people's lives and just how radical it is that I just get to do all of these things um, with a good community now. And mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. That's pretty much it. <laughs> oh, that's Olivia, that's fantastic. Yeah. I love that story. Now, I want to encourage parents and grandparents who are listening to rent a flatbed truck and get as many teenagers <laughs> as you can <laughs> on those trucks good. and get them to uh, the AIM Center in Burnsville coming up uh, this Saturday night. It starts at 7 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And when are the doors Chick-fil-A open? Chick-fil-A at 6. Yeah. Oh, Chick-fil-A <laughs> First at 6. First 500, get free Chick-fil-A. Really? Yeah. Really. So, but the doors don't open until 6. The doors open. The, we'll have like a tailgate. We have yeah. skeeters. Don't worry, it's a blast. We're yeah. outside hanging out in the parking lot. It's fun. Yeah. A and Christian tailgate. It sounds really, really nice. And, and uh, Gabs, you busted me because I didn't know Ella McMahon. <laughs> but you busted me, which is good. I do. Yeah. Yeah, you're good. All right. Um, now, I'm not letting you go yet. All right. I have more questions. I love you, it. You okay we with hopefully that? have our answers. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> no, seriously. I yeah. mean, this we're talking about how to life, and that's the name of the organization. I'm personally calling this segment uh, Faith, Brains, and Beauty. Oh, wow. That's there you go. Sweet. Thanks. Yeah, that's really good. Because yeah. you, you are all of that and then some. All right? That's kind. Yeah, thank you so much. All right. Much. Now, I think I'm going to take a little break. And then when I do, I'm back with the ladies. And we're going to talk more about How to Life, which is coming up again uh, tomorrow night at Burns in Burnsville, Minnesota. That'd be at the AIM Center. Uh, so we'll take a short break. Be right back. the show. I'm so glad to have three uh, incredible women in the studio. 
I call this section Faith, Brains, and Beauty because they are incredible uh, as they talk about the event coming up on Saturday, tomorrow night, How to Life. And that's going to be at the Burnsville Center, uh, or, well, in Burnsville at the Ames Center. I'll get this right one of these days. <laughs> and it's going to be really geared uh, from ages uh, six to high school, but they're really focusing on high school. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. You yeah. got it. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> And I just got a note from my station manager that said, if any one of these three ladies would like your job, they can have it. <laughs> so that's kind of scary. So, you know, it's, you guys are doing really good, just You're so awesome. you know. Well, thank you. Yeah. That's encouraging. All right. I want to talk about some issues that are affecting your peers. What are, what's going on in your world that's rising to the top of, ooh, is that scary and dangerous? I'll go. I'll go. Okay, Olivia. Yeah. Um. So at my school, it's kind of um, it's kind of a dark environment. Okay. Um. There's not physically dark, but spiritually, and um, lights so, are all off. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So there is a lot of just uh, depression, anxiety, and a lot of um a lot of that people who are not in faith, who are not um in Christ. Um, they think that self-love and just putting yourself above everything is like the answer. Oh, you have anxiety. Oh, just love yourself. Don't worry about things. Uh, you have depression. Like, just like love yourself more. Surround by people who are going to make you better. And it's kind of self-glorification and pride. And, um, a lot of that is just, I mean, I used to, um, I used to be that way. Honestly, um, I used to be that way in like freshman year. Uh, beginning of sophomore year, I used to be like, oh, like, if I just love myself, I'll be happy. And happy is such a, like, worldly word, in my opinion. I think that you can feel happy, but, like, true, like, happiness, in quotes, um, is joy. And joy only comes from Jesus and from eternal things. Um, so I just think that anxiety and depression are definitely um, a huge thing that is rising. And um, I struggle with that, but... Um, now that I have rooted my truth in Christ, it is actually a, just a sense of peace has come over me. And when I um, I hear the enemy trying to speak into my life, um, it's just like, oh, nope, I'm not going to let that affect me because I know Jesus says otherwise. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. good. I would say I think the greatest issue in our generation is how relative truth mm. is becoming. And it's amazing, I think, walking in a public school and just how warped truth is becoming and this idea of no one really knows what truth is and so morality is being shaped by a secular worldview and it's leading a generation into more confusion than ever before and i have classmates who who say things like murder is not wrong unless that person believes they are committing something wrong and it's Mm -hmm. just like these these ideas that our generation is, is being consumed by that morally we're being warped by a secular worldview and so i'd say the greatest issue among the next generation is just how relative truth is becoming and you know what's true for you is true for you and just these ideas that are being circulating in in culture um that are yeah messing us up honestly and then i and then i would say the second greatest issue is um just our purity. I mean, we see a crazy rise in pornography among both girls and boys in our generation. And um, yeah, I think the the world is is uh, screaming a very strong message that is begging for the impurity of the next generation. And it breaks my heart to see because we watch as it um, yeah it breaks the next generation. And it um, yeah, and and I think. Obviously, that can only be redeemed by the blood of Jesus. And so that's obviously our, our hope and our heartbeat. But it's heartbreaking to see the impurity that 
our generation is walking in and and the way that they think it's going to satisfy them and and think it's going to fulfill them so yeah that's where i'd say breaks my heart the most i agree completely i think at the I think it all comes down to an identity issue, an identity crisis. And so we, like all generations throughout, um, in this time, this form- these formative years, really, it, it is a time of figuring out who am I, where's my place? Um, and we're just facing it, I think, so much larger because of social media. And so we see, oh, they know what their identity is. They know what they're doing. They have it figured out. Why don't I? And so that, that yeah. identity crisis goes hand in hand with the moral relativity. And yeah. so if we don't know what truth is, then we don't know the truth about who we are. We don't know the truth about whose we are. And so I think... All of these issues like pornography and purity and drinking and partying and isolation and mental illness, they all come back to an identity issue of not knowing whose we are and not knowing um, the truth behind that. Yeah, Yeah. 100%. I actually uh, have something piggyback off of what both of them said um, about how purity is a huge thing. Um, I just think that there's a lot of, um, what is it? There's just a lot of things going around that like you have to have a relationship to be happy or you don't you're not like complete without having a boyfriend or a girlfriend um, or even just like having a solid like best friend like but that is not like faithful like you just you have to be complete dependent on other on other people so that's how you be complete I just think that's also a huge issue too is because that identity crisis you're trying to find your identity in other people too. Mm -hmm. I bet all of you have friends in school that are self-destructing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you ever get a chance to to kind of walk through their pain and suffering with them and try to get them to a, a relationship with Christ and a decision and all that? I'm sure you do. I'm yeah, asking the question I already know the answer to. I so. think my whenever I mean I don't know. I think my heart is like man. So often I look at my peers and my friends and my classmates, and my question is always like, "Tell me your hurt." Like, I want to hear how you've been hurt, either if it's from your own self or from other people or from the church. Like, I think that's often yeah. a, a really interesting question is asking our generation, man, how have you been hurt by the church? Or what are some misconceptions you may have about the church? And once you ask those questions, it's really easy to bring them back to truth of like, okay, now I know you're hurt. Now can I tell you the hope of Jesus? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and so I think that's how I approach uh, one-on-one conversations with friends and, and an opportunity to share the gospel is like, I want to know where they've been hurt, whether that's from their self or from someone else or from the church or whatever. And then regrounding that back to truth of this is the hope I have to share with you. And it's the hope of Jesus Christ. So yeah, go ahead, I, uh, my freshman and sophomore year, I loved school. I really do like school. Um, I always have, we have nothing in common, just so you know, <laughs> you and me, but, we or the rest of our generation. <laughs> yeah, or the, yeah. So that's not representative. <laughs> okay. Um, but it kind of near the end of my, my sophomore year in the beginning of junior year, uh, I was ready to, to be done kind of just with high school. Like I was over it. I was counting down the days till I was done. Um, and then I had this realization of how wonderful of an opportunity is literally sitting right in front of me that I have gone to school yeah. with, with these, these people, um, for 12 years and I'm, I'm with them every day and I'm in a public school, a place where I get to proclaim what I believe freely. Um, and so I just had this, this whole mindset shift. I found that when we live boldly and when we live unashamed of the gospel, um, People ask because it's different and we don't understand different and different is interesting. Different is curious. And so 
when those little decisions that that we make on the daily that are different than that of our classmates, um, it piques curiosity. And so it's simply just a matter of being, one, available, and two, uh, especially now as a senior, names are actually funny enough names are really really important to me and so it's always been a thing to to say what is your name and to greet someone by name in the hallway and as simple as that is um it really is i think just a way for me in the smallest way to just show how important someone is to remind them of their value and of their worth um and just to show that i'm willing ready and able to have those conversations that are hard and and that that we don't often talk about and that we put masks on to hide. Yeah. And so it's really, I think a lot of us Christians, when we enter into the public school sphere, it's just a matter of saying, I want to see you without the mask on. I want to see who you are. Um, and I want to speak life and truth into you. I have absolutely loved having you ladies in studio. Um, so I want you to uh, give a big rah-rah for the event coming up um, Gabs. Tomorrow night. Gabs, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Y'all better be there. Yo, it is... this is Gabs talking. You listen up and you listen now. Oh, no. It is no. tomorrow night, February 1st, 2020. The event officially starts at 7 o'clock, but you can come at 6 for games, music, Chick-fil-A. free Chick-fil-A, first 500, get free Chick-fil-A, and then the doors will open at 6.30. We're going to have an incredible night of worship. We really do believe that the gospel changes everything. And so we want everyone and every and anyone to hear this message because we do believe that it could be a night that could change eternity for yeah. you. And so bring all the high schoolers, pack you know, your car. pack, yeah, pack your car. <laughs> Rent a flatbed. Truly, this could be a night that changes eternity. And that should be something that as the church, we are passionate yeah. about. Yeah. So we're excited. Yep. Gabs, Lucy, Olivia, you have absolutely made my day. <laughs> You're Thank amazing. Thank you for being here. And I don't Thank know, it's all about us. you and what Jesus is doing in your life. It's mm, really ins- inspirational. And blessings on your event. Mm. We'll be praying for you, and we're all cheering well, thank uh, you. for Thanks a so big, much. successful event. Yeah. All Appreciate right. That it. wraps up uh, our hour with these amazing uh, ladies of faith. We're going to take a little break, and we'll be right back with hour two in just a minute. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.